This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Plated Earth, where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specialty Produce app. Please show your support for us and Specialty Produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. So, what's on our plate today? Today, we are sharing the story of cranberries. Cranberries are one of the most unique fruits in the world, and they've been trademarked by the Cranberry Marketing Committee as the original superfruit. They are one of only three commercially grown fruits on a global scale, native to North America. Blueberries and grapes are the other two, in case you were wondering. Surely there are many other native fruits to North America, including the pumpkin and elderberry, but they do not share the same globally distributed production and demand. Americans consume an average of 400 million pounds of cranberries a year, and almost 80 million of those pounds will be consumed this week alone. Yep, that's how much we consume every Thanksgiving week. So let's take a closer look at this distinctive fruit that we'll be seeing so much of in the coming days. The cranberry is native to the swamps and bogs of northeastern North America. The Algonquin, Chippewa, and Cree, among other Native Americans, gathered wild cranberries in what is now Maine, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and Wisconsin, all the way west to Oregon and Washington, and north to areas of British Columbia and Quebec, Canada. The cranberry belongs to the heath or heather family, which is very extensive and includes some 3,500 species. The cranberry plant itself is a short, woody perennial with small, oval leaves that grow on vine-like shoots. Its flower buds are formed on short, upright shoots that open in spring and produce ripe fruit in the fall. Native Americans had other names for the fruit before the name cranberry finally stuck. Many Native Americans called them Sassamanish, while the Lenni-Lenape tribe in areas near South New Jersey called them ibimi, meaning bitter berry, and the Algonquins of Wisconsin called them atokwa. It was the early German and Dutch settlers who started calling it the craneberry because of the flower's resemblance to the head and bill of a crane, and that name became the modern, slightly shortened word, cranberry. Cranberries were a staple for Native Americans as early as 1550. They used cranberries for everything from cooking to dyeing fabrics to medicines to bait for catching rabbits. Native Americans ate cranberries fresh, dried, ground, or even mashed with cornmeal and baked into bread or cakes. The leaves of the cranberry plant were often used to make tea, and some natives of eastern Canada even used the cranberry leaves as a tobacco substitute. One of the most fascinating ways Native Americans made use of cranberries was in a mixture called pemmican. They would pound cranberries into a mixture of equal parts ground-dried deer meat and fat tallow, which acts as a natural preservative, as does the acidity in the cranberries which lowers the pH and helps resist bacteria. Pemmican would be stored in animal skin pouches and could last for months. It was eaten on long journeys as a reliable source of protein, fat, and calories, especially on the winter trade routes. Think of it like a modern-day energy bar. European settlers in the 16th and 17th centuries were not surprised to see cranberries in America, as they were familiar with the smaller variety of cranberry that grew in the boggy regions of southern England and in the low-lying Netherlands. But as we'll see, the cranberry that is cultivated, harvested, and eaten today is the type that's distinctive to North America. 
The colonists, too, had a few names for the cranberry before the name we know today took hold. Some called them fenberries, fen being an antiquated word for bogs where cranberries grow. Others called them bearberries, as apparently bears were often seen snacking on them. And finally, as mentioned before, many called them craneberries, for the way the flower resembles the head and bill of a sandhill crane. By 1620, European settlers learned how to use cranberries from the Native Americans. Like the blueberry and the Concord grape, the cranberries were adopted by pilgrims and tailored for use in sauces, jellies, and preserves. In 1622, the British brought honeybees to North America, which changed the ways that the colonists could use the fruit by providing a stable source of sweetener. The cranberry made its way into recipes for pies and tarts, and by 1683, cranberry juice was being made in the colonies. Ships embarking from New England would carry cranberries to prevent scurvy, just like how ships leaving tropical ports carried limes. Fresh cranberries come naturally coated with a waxy substance that acts as a preservative, keeping them fresh for weeks, maybe even a few months. The large American cranberries were exported to England sometime before 1686, and soon the German-American name came to represent both the large and the small varieties of the fruit. But even with its many uses, cranberries weren't farmed on a large scale until the 1800s. At first, growers would pick the berries by hand. Then came a more efficient dry harvesting technique. In the 1800s, wooden cranberry scoops started to replace traditional hand-picking, and sorters and screening equipment soon followed. Then finally, in the mid-1900s, came a revolutionary development called wet harvesting or water harvesting. Cranberries are buoyant. Small pockets of air inside fresh cranberries cause them to both bounce and to float in water. So, in wet harvesting, growers will flood the cranberry bog, causing the cranberries to float to the surface where they are collected. The first recorded successful wet harvesting occurred in the 1960s. However, the first recorded yield of cranberries was grown and harvested in Dennis, Massachusetts in 1816 by Revolutionary War veteran Captain Henry Hall. He noticed that the wild cranberries in his bogs grew better when sand blew over them. He began transplanting cranberry vines and spreading sand on them, a technique that was soon copied by other growers. Still, it was Captain Hall who became the first person to successfully cultivate cranberries. By 1885, Plymouth County boasted over 1,300 acres under cultivation, and Barnstable County had over 2,400. By 1900, the number of acres tripled, and Cape Cod became a household name. The cranberry harvest remained so vital to local and state economies in Massachusetts up through about 1927 that children in the state could be excused from school to work the bogs during the harvest season. Around 1860, a man named Edward Sackett a businessman out of New York, came to Berlin, Wisconsin to inspect some land. There, he found 700 acres of wild cranberry vines and decided to cultivate the bogs. He is often credited with introducing cranberry culture in the West, and he sold his cranberries in Chicago for about $15 per barrel. Today, the cranberry is Wisconsin's state fruit. Expansion and increased demand, which by 1880 was being led by the juice market, also created a need for a system of grading and branding cranberries. In 1888, new agricultural co-ops like the Cape Cod Cranberry Sales Company set market prices and regulated distribution. By 1871, the first association of cranberry growers had formed, and today, U.S. farmers harvest approximately 40,000 acres of cranberries each year.
All right, it's Thanksgiving week, so we have to talk about the side dish that you're sure to see on American tables this coming Thursday, cranberry sauce. Well, while cranberry sauce is now considered a turkey day staple, it actually wasn't available in a canned form until 1912. So it is said that cranberry sauce first came into the picture when General Ulysses S. Grant ordered it served to the troops during the Siege of Petersburg in 1864. However, it was not canned commercially until many years later in 1912, when a lawyer named Marcus L. Uran got the idea to buy a cranberry bog and can cranberries. He formed the Cape Cod Cranberry Company, which marketed the product as Ocean Spray Cape Cod Cranberry Sauce. In 1930, the company merged with other growers and evolved into the well-known Ocean Spray Corporation that is still famous for their cranberry products today. By 1940, cranberry sauce had become beloved by millions of Americans and has since been associated with the feast at Thanksgiving. While cranberries are primarily harvested in the Northeast, they also grow in other parts of North America, like Wisconsin, the Pacific Northwest, and even Chile. Some of today's productive cranberry bogs are more than 100 years old, and today the cranberry industry is worth over $300 million. Some Native American tribes have kept their connection to the cranberry. There's an organic cranberry farm in Oregon that is owned and operated by members of the Coquille tribe, and on the East Coast, on the second Tuesday in October, the Wampanoag celebrate Cranberry Day on Martha's Vineyard. However, unlike cranberries themselves, the popular Native American food staple, pemmican, has yet to make a comeback, although there has been some present-day interest from those following the paleo diet. Would you try it? No matter, pemmican was just one way that Native Americans first took advantage of the cranberry's many natural attributes. They also believe in the medicinal value of the cranberry, using the berry and poultices to draw poison from arrow wounds. American sailors carried cranberries on board as a source of vitamin C to prevent scurvy and to fight fever, swelling, and seasickness. Needless to say, the use of cranberries are extensive, and it's no wonder the cranberry has often been nicknamed the Wonderberry. In fact, the cranberry has one of the most powerful antioxidant loads of any food. Cranberries have a ton of health benefits that stretch across the whole human body, and researchers are continuing to flush out the extent of their benefits. One of the best-known benefits of cranberries is their use in promoting urinary tract health. The first reported use of cranberries by conventional medical practitioners was in 1923, when it was suggested that cranberries acidify the urine, thus killing the bacteria that causes the UTI. However, continued research and modern studies have shown that cranberries have a compound that prevents common bacteria like E. coli and staph from attaching to the walls of tissue cells, which also explains how the cranberry poultice made by Native Americans was effective in healing wounds. This means that the bacteria are flushed out rather than adhering and growing, leading to infection. Current research suggests that a daily dose of cranberry is needed to achieve the bacteria-blocking benefits that ward off UTIs, ulcers, and gum disease. You can get these benefits in a range of different cranberry products, from sipping 10 ounces of cranberry juice to eating 1.5 cups fresh or frozen berries, one ounce dried cranberries, or half a cup of cranberry sauce every day. So don't be afraid to go back for seconds at your Thanksgiving feast. Cranberries contain proanthocyanidins, also known as PACs. PACs are unique bioactive compounds that are linked to a long list of health benefits of cranberries, including promoting heart health, reducing your chance of certain infections, decreasing inflammation, and even supporting digestive health. Scientists believe that cranberries are rich in many different phytochemicals, 
and that it's the combined actions of such compounds that make the cranberry so beneficial for health overall. Some of these phytochemicals act as antioxidants, which are compounds that can help neutralize harmful free radicals in the body and can reduce the chance of cancer, heart disease, and other degenerative diseases. For example, anthocyanins, compounds that give cranberries and other fruit like tomatoes their red color, are powerful antioxidants that may even be stronger than vitamin E. So like I said, don't be shy. Grab a second scoop of that cranberry sauce or pour yourself a nice 8 to 10 ounce glass of cranberry juice to wash down your Thanksgiving meal. Enjoy the holiday with your family and friends. Well, folks, that concludes this week's episode. Be sure to follow at Specially Produce App on Instagram for some amazing produce photos. And while you're on there, give us a follow at Plated Earth. As always, you can find more information, recipe ideas, and spots of local produce on the Specialty Produce app. Tune in next time for more food fables. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and remember, cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. We'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.